I may lose my voice because I was up here screaming, singing. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, happy birthday again. Who would have thought five years ago meeting at Sono Market would land us here where we are? Like, it's crazy to think about. And I got to thinking, like, we, we said from the beginning, we asked from the beginning, what would it look like if we as a group of people shifted out of cultural norms and shifted into an authentic relationship with Jesus? No matter, no matter what side of culture you come from, we got to make that shift, right? Because some of us, we needed a shift from church. You get what I'm saying? Some of us got a little too religious to have relationship. And there's some of us, that, so we have to change that culture. And there's some of us, this, 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 this community needed a group of people that would shift out of, out of lifestyle changes. Like we, we, we said, what would it look like if we shifted out of cultural norms? Like what if we didn't do things normal? Like what if, we, what, if it, what if we said it wasn't about Sunday mornings, but about Monday through Saturday? That Sundays was just a time when we would get together and we would celebrate what God did that week because God moves on other days besides Sunday. Y'all know that, right? But too long, the church has been trapped in a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, instead of when God said, when Christ said for us to go into the world. I'm getting way ahead of myself. We asked, what would it look like if we shifted out of cultural norms and shifted into an authentic relationship with Christ? You see, like I believe the church, we as the people of God have forgotten the story that we were even written into to begin with. And I'm not just talking about shift church, I'm talking about the church, like the global church. Like the Acts, the book of Acts type of church. Like that's your story. God empowering, working in the supernatural. But it seems like in the culture that we live in today, the culture that we need to shift out of is that we forgot the story that we were written into. We, we forgot the story of empowerment. Like we said, the la- we, we, we said from the beginning, we said from the beginning, the last thing South Knoxville needs, the last thing Knoxville, the last thing the world, need, the world needs is just another church. We said that God needed, God needed a group of people to start a movement. A movement, a mo- like a, but this movement would be empowered by something. It would, it would, it would have a cause. It would have, yeah, this is the reason why we fight type of thing. You see, in Acts, Acts 1, Acts 1 it says, it says that you will receive power when the, Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And that, just so you guys know, when it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that is the same phrase, paranera, that was used during the time of when the angel appeared before Mary and said, you're about to, you're about to be in birth, the Spirit will come upon you. Like we know when she asks, how this, I'm a virgin? And he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. That's the same word used. So you are impregnated with the empowerment and authority of Jesus Christ. You as a church, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. My what? Like sideline reporters? Bench warmers? No. The Holy Spirit come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, starting in your home, to Judea, and to Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, places where you live. You'll be my witnesses. You'll go make disciples where you live, Jerusalem, work, and play. Will you live, work, and play? See, here's the thing, y'all. Last thing South Knoxville needs is just another church. In fact, it probably doesn't really need a new church. What it needs is people doing what God has called us to from the very beginning. You see, I don't know if you know this or not, and this numbers have kind of changed since we started. But South Knoxville is 75 square miles. 
There's 75 square miles that surround us that we consider South Knoxville. From the river to the Sevier and Blount County line to, I don't know, to, to the other side, to Loudon Lake, South Knoxville. 75 square miles. When we started, there was 40 to 45,000 people living in South Knoxville. Now there's 50 to 55. And if statistics are right, that means there's 35,000 people disconnected from Jesus Christ. That's people you live with, you work with, and you play with. Which shows that the last thing, because there, I mean, South Knoxville's littered with churches, y'all. If you, if, if you, any, any turn you take, there's a church. So I don't know if having another church is really a solu- the solution because the way churches have been done the last couple hundred years isn't working anymore. And so we said from the beginning, we, we, ha- we have to have some core values, not as a church, but as a people. See, our, our core values here at Shift Church have nothing to do with Shift Church at all, but really about what we believe God has called us to as individuals. But we are empowered, and this empowerment is a call. And it, it's called the, our, four, our four core values, and this is the first one. This is the, and that's what we're going to talk, we're going to talk about one of them today. And so this empowerment is a call for me and you to a movement to multiply. I mean, anybody good, math, good at math in here? Any math teachers? No? Don't look at my checkbook, okay? We're on a mission to multiply. Here's what you need to know about this morning, about this core value. And it's this, is that God's expectation is always multiplication. God's expectation is always Multiplication. It's like when, his, like when, his, when he told his disciples in John, when he says, do, do for others as I have just done for you, they would understand what that meant. Because Jesus invested his, their life, his life into these 12 men. He was say, he's saying, go, go do for others what I have just done to you. Go pour in and go multiply. Because the word disciple, to go make disciples, that we're going to look at here in a minute. See, we have this, we have this loose meaning of disciple. Or even what we call discipleship inside the church. You know, you, most of the time you say, well, we're, I'm going to discipleship training. Well, you know, we're going to gi- give you some information. You read this information and you'll be a disciple maker. No, that's not how Jesus worked at all. They understood discipleship as being go multiply yourself. Go pour yourself into others just as I have poured into you. You see, we're going to look at this like a, at a famous passage here. If you, grew up in, if you grew up in church and you were in Sunday school, you've probably seen something like this on the flannel board. But in Matthew 28... It says, Jesus has died and rose from the grave, giving us power over sin, death, and the grave, and he appeared to two women. He appeared to what? Two women. Puts a little cork in some people's beliefs. They, and then they ran back, proclaiming the first message of the gospel to Jesus' disciples, with a call to meet him on a mountain in Galilee. So here, Jesus has died, risen, appeared to these two women, and said, tell the disciples to meet me, in this hill in Galilee. And this is, this is what he says. This is what happens. Matthew 28, 16. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples, the disciples, those Jesus multiplied, the 11 disciples heard the wonderful news from the, from the women and led for Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had arranged to meet them. The moment they saw him, they worshipped him, but some still had lingering doubts. Let me ask a question. Anybody have doubts in here? I'm going to raise my hand. 
Like sometimes you wake up or you go through something in your life or a scenario and you're like, God, are you even there? Like, are you, like, you, like, if everything they say about you is true, God, what's up with this? Like, wh- where were you at? But here's the thing I want you to notice is that even these followers of Jesus had lingering doubts. They were standing, they saw this man die. And now they're seeing him stand in front of them. And they still have some freaking doubts, y'all. But here's the thing that you have to understand. That just because you have doubts, it doesn't mean you're not called. If anything, it, make, it makes you more honest. Because I'm going to be honest, this morning I woke up and, and was like, with some stuff that's happened in my family's life the last couple of weeks, and then last night, I'm like, God, like, can we get a break? <laughs> Honestly. Just because you have doubts don't mean, doesn't mean you're not called. I mean, look at all the disciples. You had those there that are standing before the crucified, risen Jesus, and they're having doubts. They're having doubts in who, even who Jesus said he was. Like, even look at Judas, he had doubts, started doubting Jesus because he tried to rush things along, didn't he? That's why whole reason why whole reason why he went went to the religious leaders and paid them off to find Jesus because he he was hoping that Jesus would rebel and set up his kingdom on earth. That was the whole point. He was trying to rush Jesus. He had doubts in what in Jesus' ability. And then you look at the other disciples, and you see you see maybe they had doubts in their own ability. Yeah, they knew they were called, but could, can I do this? That's why that's why he would tell Peter, you know, you're still mine. Go and feed my sheep. Just because you had doubt doesn't mean you're not called. Does it mean you're not called? Matthew 28, 18 says this. Then Jesus came close to them. Anybody need Jesus to come close to you? All authority of the universe has been given to me. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why this is important. Because sometimes we read over that stuff and like, of course, all authority has been given to you. You're God. You were God in the flesh, you came to earth. But most of the time, if you, if you look into that, that word authority there, and the way it was written linguistically, the way it was said linguisti- linguistically, that's a huge word for a country boy. It, this, this term that means authority, the word he used there for authority means to bestow it on you. Like it's not just mine, but now I'm giving it to you. Which means, our, which mean, which, which means that our call to multiply begins with bestowed authority. The same authority that Jesus had been given is with you. It's a, it's a, the word they use there for authority means it's not just mine. It oozes out of me, kind of like the Holy Spirit. Like the Bible talks about it flowing from breast to breast. It's, it's not something that we just contain ourselves. Like it flows from us. Authority flows from us. And so if Christ has this authority and he abides within us and he, he's already bestowed that upon us working in our, and it's working in our lives, whatever you bind on earth, whatever you set foot on, where, where, whatever you claim is yours, is yours. You have that authority. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, which means with Christ's authority in our lives, flowing through our lives, our mission to multiply ourselves is unstoppable. Like sometimes I think we, too often we, we fight for victory instead of from victory. Have y'all read the end of the freaking book? We win. So quit living your life. Quit facing challenges. Quit not going and talking to people because you're scared. You have nothing to be scared of. You have the authority and you know the, how, the, how the end of this book, uh, how the end of this life lands up. You win. 
If they, if, if, if you fail, guess what? You might have lost this battle, but at the end of the game, we're sitting on thrones with Jesus. Size up. We'll talk about that next week. I'm going to pull a God card here. You ready? I'm going to do like God, what God told Jonah. You better put on a cone of a Job. Dress for action like a man, he says. Which means you better put on a cup because we're about to throw down. You with me? If you don't know what a cup is, ask your mom and daddy. It's time for some of us. We have the authority of Jesus. We are unstoppable. Look at, look at, look at the church all throughout history. When persecution came. And they sized up and they, they, they decided to follow their call to, to proclaim the message of Jesus to the world. They, like the church always grew. A hundred may die, but a thousand more came to know Christ. Like you, the, the church is unstoppable. Here's, like, we, sometimes we get too worried about what's going on in, 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 in politically and going on around the world. And like we forget how, how's this thing going to end. It's going to end in a nuclear, nuclear war. Well, I don't know. Uh, you, you name it. There's all kinds of freaky things out there but if you would read the end of the book you would know how this end and you're gonna be fine quit freaking out that, that's not even in my notes here just so y'all know that's free y'all can pay me for it if you want to the christ authority in us our mission to multiply is unstoppable so even if, even if you have your doubts you're unstoppable listen god has his big boy britches on he can handle your questions Fabiana, it's, I'm gonna be, I'm, you're, the question you have about what's going on in your life, the question you have about God, it's probably not new. He's probably heard it before. And no matter the outcome of, that, of that, an, that answer for you, God is still God and God is still good. And your call is still the same. Go and multiply. Matthew 28, 18, you ready? Then Jesus came close to them and said, all the authority of the universe has been given to me, and now it's bestowed onto us. It, it flows from him into us. Now, wherever you go, when you show up at church Sunday morning, when, you, when you're at home with your kids, when you're at work, wherever you go, that, that term wherever in the Greek, that word wherever, let me tell you what it means in Greek. Wherever. Wherever you go, in your home, at your work, at the soccer field, the call to multiply is centralized on a place, not on a place, but a person. This tells us wherever you go, not just here at church, wherever you go, the call to multiply is not centralized on a place, but a person. So I'm going to freak some people out right here. It's not really about church, y'all. It's about Jesus. Wherever you go, let, let, me, let me show you. It's really cool. Then Jesus came close to them and said, the reason I keep reading that over and over because I think some, some of us need Jesus to come close to us and maybe if I keep reading it, you're like, oh, he's close to me. Then Jesus came close to them and said, all authority of the universe has been given to me. Now wherever you go, make disciples of all nations. But now wherever you go, Invite somebody to church. Now, wherever you go, tell them to call the pastor with, the, with that question. Now, wherever you go, tell them about that special event shift church is doing. 
not what it says at all, is it? Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. Doesn't it sound like this is what Jesus did with the disciples? Teaching them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you and never forget that I am with you, I love this, every day. Every day. Even to the completion of this age. Our call is to multiply. Wherever we go, make disciples. See, the, 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 like the, the, the disciples understood what he meant when he said go make disciples. It means make many of you. The word disciple comes from the Latin word disciplinia, which means discipline, which also means to be trained or to have a trainer. And if the world doesn't know, if they don't have a trainer teaching them about Jesus, and it, listen, it can't just be people like me. Because listen, if they, when the people hear that I'm a pastor, they don't really want to talk to me anymore because they view me as a salesman. But when they, when they hear your story, when they hear about how God has changed your life, to listen. But we'll get to that here in a minute. Our call, call is to multiply, to make disciples, to multiply ourselves wherever we live, work, and play. The, the word disciple here means to be trained or taught. And it's a call for us. It's a call for all of us. Because here's the thing. It's a call for us all to go wherever, wherever we go. Go make disciples. God doesn't, here's what you need to know, is God doesn't demand the world to come to church. He doesn't demand the world to come to church. In fact, they're not coming. They're not coming. But demands the church to go to the world. To be in the world, but not of the world. You're like, Derek, but I feel like I'm called into full-time ministry. You are in full-time ministry. God has you planted where you are to go and make disciples. God doesn't demand the world to come to church, but demands the church to go to the world. You are the church. Go to the world. Multiply. You live, work, and play. But Derek, 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 Derek. Apparently, Derek, you don't know your Bible. You might be right. I don't know. Because the writer of Hebrews, because I know your argument, the writer of Hebrews would say, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not, not, neglecting, to, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encourage one another and all the more, as you see, who was that redawning? You're like, Derek, see, he's calls us to come to church. Let me ask you a question. Who was that written to? People who were already believers, which is a whole different sermon, right? And I don't mean to, but I, don't, I don't mean to push any buttons here, but that's a whole different sermon for us who are believers who skip when it's raining or snowing or when the government says stop. You with me? That's written to us as believers. That should be an indictment on us. Not the people in the world. But that's a whole other sermon. This has nothing to do with the outside world. It's, it's our job to go to the world. It's not about just inviting someone to church. It's about you investing your life into a group of people. See, we have shortchanged the word nation. Because what do we think of nation? We think of a country. We think of this, but really all what nation is is a group of people, a group of people with commonality or a group of like-minded people. Like that could be 
a nation. That could be a country. That could be a group of people at your work or at the soccer field, at the school. Go make disciples at Southfield Middle School. Go make disciples at Metis. Go make disciples at Barry Funeral Home. Go make disciples at Village Barbershop. Go make, dis- go make disciples at Morristown Automatic Sprinkler. Go make disciples at Blue Slip Winery. Wherever you go, where's wherever? Wherever. Like today I'm going to go eat lunch somewhere. Guess what? From what I understand, um, somebody was late to praise team practice this morning, and now they have to buy the whole praise team lunch today. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that so he's held accountable for being late. Going to Yale Steakhouse. Just, just kidding, y'all. Wherever, not really. If I mean, if he wants to buy me a steak, I'll let him buy me a steak. But here's the deal, y'all. Wherever you go, wherever you work, Bonnie K. Knox County Schools, Barry's Funeral Home, First Tennessee Bank, First, sorry, First Horizon Bank. Now, Chick Fil A, at doctor's appointment, UT Campus. Wherever you go, your job is to be the light of the world there. To give it all away, away. Because in the Father there is freedom, there is hope in the name that is Jesus. No matter where you go. So, you're like, Derek, that sounds awesome, but how do I even get started? Like, if you, you hear that sinking, like when, when a pastor does a sermon like this, like, you need to witness to your friends, that little sinking, like, oh, what do I say? I'm scared of death. First, put your big boy britches on. Okay? But here's, here's, here's how you start. It's real simple. Revelation 12, 11, it says this. It says, they conquered him, him being Satan, because it's really the enemy that's at work with you. Right? That's trying. That's trying. That's trying to get at you. Like you know, I've said it before that you you're not really in war with flesh and blood. Like it's not your mother-in-law that's making you mad. It's the, it's it's. And I'm not saying she's the devil, okay? But she has a demon. But what I am saying, what I am saying is that maybe. <laughs> tell me. Tell me later. We're not a, we're not in a fight against. But the reason you're upset with your with your mother-in-law or that coworker or your boss isn't because your boss is a, is 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 making you mad. It's because the enemy's trying to distract you from your call. But he has you planted there for a reason. They have, and the only way you're going to conquer him is these two things, because he's trying to stop you. And I'll tell you I'll tell you here in a second a story. They they conquered him completely. Through the blood of the Lamb, we have that check. Jesus dying on the cross for our sin, his blood covering our sin. The blood of the Lamb and the powerful word of their testimony. We like to say it around here, of their story. Because listen, let's, let's be honest. Well, we'll say this, and then I'll get to what I'm about to say. We begin, to, we, we begin to multiply by sharing our stories. All of us in here have a story. And here's the thing. People at your work, people at the soccer field, wherever, wherever you go, they'll, deny, they'll be able to deny our word of God. Now, we know it to be absolute truth, right? But they're going to fight against it. Like, you really going to believe a book written by men? Well, we can make that, like, 
well, we believe he was inspired by God. Well, they don't get that. They, we, they don't understand. But what they, they, so they'll deny the word of God all they want to. You see it every day on the media. You see even Christians doing it on Facebook because they don't really know what they're talking about sometimes. They can deny the word of God. They can try to do all that. But the one thing they cannot deny and they cannot refute is your story of how Christ has changed your life. They'll deny the words of the Bible, but the one thing they can't deny is the, wor the words of your story. Your most powerful weapon against the enemy, your most powerful, your powerful tool to reach people is your story. But Derek, I don't, I don't know if I have a good story. I don't care if you were born in an alley with a, with a needle in your arm or you are born on the on a front row of a church singing Amazing Grace when you came out. You are a sinner saved by grace. That is the greatest story ever told sinner to saint y'all that don't just happen have you ever tried to pick yourself up it's not it's impossible this is the greatest story ever told sinner becoming a saint and addiction through the power of christ becoming clean the marriage restored the family brought back together a new family given by the blood of the lamb he stepped into your egypt and he brought you to this promised land like this reminds me, you know that you know the story, the event when Jesus um, heals that blind man, and then he starts getting all these questions. Right, first he gets questioned by his friends. Like, no, you know, no, you're, you can't be that same guy who was blind. Yeah, it's me. I encounter, I encountered this Jesus, but they didn't believe him. They took him to his family. Their family didn't believe him, so they took him before the high priest. Right, and they're grilling him with all these theological, doctrinal questions. And they even bring his parents up, and their parents are like, hey, this is on him, because they didn't want the wrath of the religious leaders coming at him at that time. So he's throwing out questions. They're questioning this, questioning that. They're questioning the word of God against this man's story. And, and you remember, anybody remember the guy's response? John 9, 25. He says, he says the healed, so he just, he just got grilled with all these questions got told he was a liar got told he was a sinner how dare him question the authority of the the authority of the religious leaders and it says the healed man replied i have no idea what kind of man he is talking about jesus this is his story all i know is that i was blind and now i can see for the first time in my life your story isn't have you let me I'm gonna pause pause right there for a second have you ever been to one of those testimonial services where somebody talks for like three hours you're like Derek, that's what you're doing right now quit this, it doesn't have to be that. Like, quick, get that out of your mind. All this guy said was, I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that doctrine. I don't know about all that theology. All I know is that yesterday I couldn't see, and today I could. And there was, the only thing that was different between yesterday and today is that in the middle of that, I met a man named Jesus. All I know is that back when in high school, if you would have met me in high school, you would have thought, you, you, would, you would question, if you knew my story from high school, you would question why I'm even standing on this stage. But then I, I really had a true encounter with this man named Jesus that changed my life. Like, nobody can refute my story. Nobody can refute your story, no matter how gruesome it could be or how clean it could be. Because let's be honest, some of y'all clean folk who've never done anything wrong in your life, you're more messed up than the rest of us. Yeah. <laughs> now, all, all, all your story has to be is, yeah, you know what? I feel what you're going through. Because we can, we can adapt our story, y'all. That's the great thing about our faith. Somebody struggling with a loss in their family. You know, I've never lost my mom or dad. But I do know what it's like to experience loss. 
because I've lost some things in my life, some people I was close to, and this is how Jesus changed my perspective. I may not suffered with the same addiction of you, but I've been addicted to something. You with me? All it has to be is that before Christ, I was this. Before Christ, I was blind. But now that I'm, now after, after I met Christ, I can see. That's the greatest story ever told. Here's the second thing. Some of y'all are going to like this at first, but then we have to do a reality check. Second thing about making, making disciples is that every conversation can be a spiritual conversation. So I'm going to put some parameters on this. Don't be weird. You know, that person comes to you and starts talking about the game. Oh, man, Ohio State killed, killed Clemson. Did you see that? Oh, you're like, oh, praise the Lord. Thank Jesus he threw a Hail Mary past my direction. Don't do, that's not what I mean. He baked me a pie in the sky. I just wanted some apple cobbler. That's not what I mean by every conversation being a spiritual conversation. But what I do mean is that every conversation, us as believers need to lead people into a conversation toward in the direction of Jesus. Doesn't mean you have to mention Jesus every time. I mean, I'm really struggling with this project at work. Well, what, and it could just be a simple conversation of, well, what, how, What's anything I can do to help you with that? What's stressing you out about it? Because sometimes people just want their voice heard, and when they when they hear your voice, when they let you, when you hear their voice, when they allow, when you allow them to speak, at some point they're going to allow you to speak into their life. Anybody have any of those people that try to speak into your life that have no permission to speak into your life? Uh huh. But if you allow somebody to speak, even even if they're absolutely wrong. At some point, you'll be able to go, yeah, I can understand that. So when I'm having a hard time, this is what I can lean on. And that doesn't mean Bible. That mean I don't, don't, hey, listen, as a people of church, we're not throwing the Bible at people. We're going to be bold in what the Bible says we believe, but Jesus came with grace and truth, not truth and truth. You with me? Some of y'all grace people need to get some truth, and some of y'all truth people need to get some grace. You with me? And I'm sorry if, I, if I'm beating people up today. But this, this every conversation is a, this, this spiritual conversation thing is a, it's called the Acts, the Acts, the Acts um, 20 principle. Let me show you, let me show you what I mean. Acts 4.20, it says, It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all things we've seen and heard. I mean, it's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we've seen and heard because God's done some amazing stuff in our life. Acts 5.20 says, Go, the angel told them. Stand in the temple courts and preach, speak, talk about the, word, the words that bring life. Acts 9.20, within the, out, within the hour, he was in the synagogue preaching about Jesus. Preaching about what? Jesus. Jesus. Preaching about what? Because I'm going to make a point here in a minute. Preaching about what? Jesus. Proclaiming Jesus is the Son of God. Acts 11.20, however... Some of us believers from, from, from Cyprus and, and Serene who had come to Antioch in Syria preached to the non-Jews. They did what? Preached to the non-Jews, living there, living there, proclaiming the message of salvation in the Lord. Notice, though, it's not religious conversation. It's, it's, it's about a person, not a place. 
Spiritual conversations are not about church, worship styles, or personal preferences. Like if the first thing you do when you sit down at the table with somebody new, and the first thing you say is, hey, you want to come to church with me Sunday? That's not the right thing to do. It's not, it's not the right thing to do to, to sit down and go, well, this is why I like Southern Gospel, and this is why I like... No, that has nothing to do with Jesus. We lead people to Jesus, not to a style. Because, listen, one day, the style of Shift Church may change. We may get a choir up in here. I don't know. And it'll sound beautiful. Because it's not, it's not about style. It's about a man named Jesus. It's not about opinions not about any of that it's not about church style personal preference but but it's about leading people to find Jesus here's the last thing we must trust the prompting of the Holy Spirit if you're Baptist in here you're freaking out right now any Baptist in here I grew up Baptist We we must trust the prompting of the Holy Spirit Let 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 me tell you why and I'm going to read a couple of verses. When I first started working for Knotts County Schools, and I went through some training with a church plant, and you know they, they talked a lot about spiritual conversation stuff and trusting the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And, and I, if you've been around me, you've heard this story, but I feel horrible. I feel like a horrible person for this. I was in a rush one day trying to get kids down to in-school suspension. And this lady was suffering with vertigo and just needed somebody to talk to her. And I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit say, stop and talk to her and pray for her. But I kept moving. And that person, after a couple weeks, never seen them again because they got too sick and had to stay home. We got to trust the prompting of the Holy Spirit so that we can live life with no regrets. But Derek, what if I don't know what to say? What if I don't know what to pray for? Well, that's fine, because Jesus had that covered. John 14, 26 says, But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, that's the Holy Spirit, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. And, I will, and he will inspire you to remember every word that I have told you. Derek, what if I don't know how to say? What if I fail? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I sound stupid? We don't have to worry about that. What if I don't know the answer to their question? It's okay to say, I don't know. Listen, sometimes I say, I don't know. Let me, let me give me a little bit. It's okay to say, I don't know. It's, a, it's like, it, like, we've got to trust the prompting of the Spirit. What if I mess up or fail? Well, it's a lot easier to go from failures to success than it is from excuses to success. So try and fail. Go fail, go fail bad. <laughs> Make yourself look like a fool. It's okay. It's okay not to have the answers. It's okay to have doubt. It's okay to. It's okay not to not to know everything. But what it's not okay to do is not to go. It's okay not. It's not okay not to go. Because the thing about the Great Commission, the part that we just read. It's not the great suggestion. It's a call to go. It's a call for me and you 
to get off our butts and go share our story. Now, wherever you go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teach them to faithfully follow all that I have commanded you. And never forget that I am with you every day. And see, that's, that's the great news. But what if I fall? What if I fail? He's there every day to catch you. And never forget I am with you every day, even to the completion of this age, which everything's going to be complete. So even if you fail now, don't worry about it. It's going to be completed in the end. You're good. You're fine. We win. See, this is our call. To go give everything away. To pour ourselves out. The reason I talked about multiply first is because the other three that we're going to talk about over the next three weeks have to do with this. Because to multiply, we got to size up. we got to pour it out. And we, but we got to stay connected. Go and multiply. We have the greatest story ever told within us. Our call is to go share it with others. It's something that we value so much here to the point of saying if we ever lost that vision, we will shut Ship Church down. And I mean that. Once we ever lose track of our call, it, we're not worth meeting anymore. Because we wouldn't have anything to come back here and celebrate. You're like, David, what, what about getting people here? Well, if you do this, people will come. Because let me ask you, and this is kind of off subject, how many people have you invited to church and then not come? But they'll come to your house for dinner, won't they? I'm bringing Jesus up to that dinner table, y'all. Because some people make... That's why, that's why home teams and small groups are so important. Because some people may not come to this, but they'll go eat dinner with a group of people. Think we just did small groups just to do them? No. You think like when, we, when, we, when they had everything shut down and we didn't have a place to meet, so we had to meet via virtual and you know the, the challenge I gave you was to get people into your home and watch this together and have a conversation about it it wasn't just for you to see me or hear the message or that I wanted to get a preach no it's for you to do this we have sometimes I wonder if we've forsaken our call we forgot the story that we were written into to go make disciples to give it all away to pour it all out you see there's a problem with us not going. See, Paul would write to the, to the church in Colossians. He would say this. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake. And in my flesh I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Hold up, Paul. That's a little... Like, Paul, you're going to get struck by lightning. You're saying there's something lacking in Christ's affliction. You're saying there's something lacking in, in, in Christ's death on the cross. That's, that's, that's heresy, Paul. Like, Jesus is enough, the cross is enough, right? Well, not if nobody knows about it. I fill up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. The sacrifice of Jesus means nothing if we don't go. Because the world's not looking at him, not looking for him. That's why in Romans he would say, he would say, no one seeks after God. 
No one's singing after him, so we have to go to them. Invite them to your dinner table. Invite them to, to, to sit around sit around and, 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 and have a conversation. Go to their soccer games. Go to their football games. Go to this. Go, to the, go fishing with them. Go watch football with them. Go do like go be with the people. Make disciples wherever you go and give it all away. That's the decoration for that's the declaration for us at Shift Church. Go and multiply. It's important to us. Now if you're not going to do that, you can still come and hang out. But the rest of us, we're going. Tomorrow I'm going wherever I go eat lunch at today. Hopefully Brittany pays for something good. I'm going. I'm going to give myself away. I'm going to be there for the people that matter. And the people that matter is everyone because he died for everyone. Go make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father. Yes, baptize them. Got a bathtub? Do it. Video it first because that will be awesome. You with me? Go make disciples. Size up. Don't be scared. Let's change the world the way, because if you know the way Jesus changed the world, not the way the church has tried to do the last hundred years. Let's do it Jesus' way and pour into people. Dear God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the call to give us, the, really to have us feel worthy enough to be able to go and share our story, to share your story of life, change, changing power God as we celebrate our birthday today we thank you that that for, for a lot of us we have accepted that call to go and multiply God I pray that as we sing this next song as we celebrate as we celebrate that we take this call seriously to go into the world that's not a shift church call. That's not an organization call. That's a call for me as an individual in my Jerusalem and into my Samaria and to my ends of the world.